Welcome to The Unranked, where we go mining for hidden gems in the prospect world. The Unranked is produced by Figure Filbert. Check us out at figurefilbert.com, where you can also find all the latest bargains from Dick Sporting Goods and other partners. Get your Little League team ready for the season. Stock up with our discounts. And now for this episode, here's our host, Matt Gardner. On this episode of The Unranked, we get deeper into our conversation with Mike Kragasis. We'll talk about fades, buy lows, sell highs, and more dynasty strategy. Here's our second part of our conversation with Mike Kragasis. Welcome to The Unranked. All right, so we've talked a little bit about why super deep leagues make this kind of uh, hunting of value for surviving a season. Uh, let's talk about dynasty strategy for a minute, Mike. And, and um, on top of that sort of super deep league approach overall, what about trading for guys like this? When you know, I've seen you make a lot of trades that at first pass you might look at and go, "That's that's crazy." But once you spot a guy that you know that you think is going to add this kind of value, you go get him, and you're not afraid to overpay. So, can you talk about uh, your approach and and when you decide you're willing to overpay for someone? Uh, yeah. So when I, in our first league together in Kenny Powers, I used to, I used to just go out. Remember the, the Michael Kopik trade? Yeah. Five for one. one Kemper, right? Yeah. Kemper always brings that up. <laughs> the only, you know what though? The only player I remember giving away is Austin Beck for some reason. Yeah. Not, re- not, uh, not regretting that now. Right. No, no. But, um, so I used to go in, I used to just, you know, what if I really wanted somebody, I would I would just throw the whole farm at them. And I, you know what, that's not the right way to do it now that I think about it. Um, I just kind of, if I want someone, I kind of give away something I have a, a, a large amount of. Like if I have eight third basemen in my system, I'll try and trade one away like I did with Miguel Vargas. Um, if I need pitching, um, it depends on, on how my team is. Like if I'm doing a, a rebuild, I'm looking for ages from 22 down to 16. Most of those 16, 17 year olds are going to get traded soon. Um, it really just comes down to need, um, and getting competitive in my opinion. What about you? What are some things you do? Well, you know, I think uh, part of what I'm trying to do is fill in stat categories, right? So I went and got Oscar Mercado in that league in 2019, I think. Yeah. I think maybe just before or around the time that you went and got Mercado in DTBML, and my math was like yours. I was trying to get uh, some stolen bases added to a guy with a little bit of pop. So if he had gone 2020 or, you know, God forbid, 2030 or something like that, that would have been a huge payoff. Obviously, he still could do that. Uh, that's, 
that's the kind of time that I'll look for something I think my lineup might be missing. And if I'm trying to make that last step toward making sure my team has a shot in the playoffs, I'll definitely overpay. I'd, you know, I'd give up three, four top guys for, for one piece like that that fills in a category if it gives you a chance to win. Now, here's an important point about these deep dynasty leagues we're talking about. They're all head-to-head. So yeah. they're head-to-head categories, that means a lot. So when, you're, uh, you know, when you need to win stolen bases head-to-head, that's different than building stolen bases in Roto where you've got to make a run that lasts all summer. Head-to-head, you just need more stolen bases than the other guy that particular week. So yeah. I think stolen bases have gotten harder to, to find, obviously. And, and so you know, guys that have wheels, if they can save those wheels into the, into the big leagues, that's uh, obviously something that's getting more and more scarce. And I think that, uh, that means a lot for, for value. I'm, I'm looking at some of your trades going way back in Kenny Powers. Mike, I was looking for the, uh, the Kopech trade. <laughs> just, just on the way to finding that, you were trading guys in 2018 that have become household names. So this is really an incredible list of trades. Okay. You Let's traded Keboom and Trammell for Matt Chapman in 2018. Great, just fantastic star power with the prospect. Now, if you look back at that three years later, Trammell hasn't done anything yet, and Keyboom uh, sort of is in that post-hype phase now uh, where he's sort of exhausted his rookie eligibility but now has a shot at everyday playing time. You traded Joe Adele and Adrian Morahone for Pete Alonzo in 2018. That should have been, you know, a huge steal just on time, but I think you've traded Alonzo before you got the chance to get the benefit from that. Yeah. You traded Groshans. What did you get for Alonzo? Do you remember? I can't remember. I got I got to start pumping the brakes after I make good trades like that. I just, and I think I'm trying to trying to do yeah. that in a lot of my leagues. That's I got a little trade happy, um, but yeah, I don't know. It's nice to look back at it. It's like I think I got good value in that Chapman deal. Now I have uh, I have Ron or Anthony Rendon. I used Chapman for a bit, yep. but uh, yeah, Eboom hasn't done anything. And uh, Taylor Trammell, where is he now? He went to San Diego. He's in Seattle now. Seattle, yeah. And you think about that guy's yeah. past the playing time. He's been traded by both Cincinnati and San Diego and is now in Seattle behind Kyle Lewis, Kellenick, and J-Rod, right? It's going to be hard for him to earn every day at bats. Oh, yeah. And who did I trade uh, Adrian Morion for? He was in the Alonzo deal. So you traded yeah. Adele and Morahone for Alonzo. That's, you think about that in 2018, you, you would have had three years of playing time before Adele really becomes fantasy relevant. And he's still not. Right. But he's by, he's by low right now. Sure is. We'll um, talk about by lows in a second. Your, okay. your Victor Robles trade was spectacular. This was 2018, and he went 17-30 and 30 the following season. You traded Kirilov, Groshans, and Patino in 2018 for Victor Robles. Yeah. Oh, Robles. Spectacular trading. I mean, amazing names going back and forth in your trades. I have, to, I have to learn how to hold on to these guys a little longer. Imagine I had Pete Alonso, uh, uh, what's his name there, Chapman, and um, the last guy. Who's the last guy again? Robles. Yeah, Robles right now would be all right. 
But Robles kind of didn't do anything last year. No, I don't know. Alonso had a bad year. Chapman's been hurt a lot. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of like my. I like that team and Kenny Powers now the way it is. I'm comfortable with it now. I can accept it. I've made a lot of trades. Uh, the Kenny Powers League was my first 30-team dynasty. I'd never been in one before that. So uh, that was really getting my feet wet for those first couple of years, and I think I've kind of got a, uh, a structure and a team that I like now. But I did, I did make a lot of trades that I probably shouldn't have and a lot that I should have, and I traded away guys that I got that I shouldn't have. And I don't know, you live and you learn, right? Absolutely. Uh, amazing yeah. trades. I mean, the spectac- I, I just found one that you made with the Mariners at the time where you gave up Aaron Nola and some other stuff and a first-round pick but got Freed, Gallon, and Goldschmidt back in the summer of 2019 kind of just before Freed broke out and as Gallon was breaking, right? So you, you got some amazing talent in some of these trades. Really fantastic. And none of them are on my roster. <laughs> That's the worst part. I don't like looking back at stuff like that. It's uh, it's it's all in the in the rear view to me. I'm just trying to compete with all you guys that are always winning. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's talk about uh, a few other topics. Uh, let's do our tagging up segment where we're talking about uh, who we're fading for this year. Who are the highly ranked guys, Mike, that you're either uh, selling or not buying into with all the hype for 2021? Do you have any favorites there? Uh, prospects or anybody? Uh, I, I, either prospects or young guys who've maybe exhausted their rookie eligibility but are, but are young in that uh, uh, you know, breaking out category. Um, I want to get rid of, but I don't own them anywhere. But if I did, I'd want to get rid of Cabrian Hayes. Um, okay. I think that that was just too small of a sample size, and I've I've seen his name out there way too much for a guy who hasn't really had too many at bats and just kind of found his power over the course of a a call up base a summer half a season, not even. Um, I'd like you know what Dylan Carlson's a guy I'd, I'd try and buy low for sure after that Arenado trade. I know that one kind of hurts you, but. He's a guy I'd like to buy low on. Um, who else? I, I, you know what? I, a guy that I haven't heard a lot about who had huge helium was Christian Robertson or Robinson, sorry, from uh, from Arizona. I kind of like to deal him now. Well, yeah. he's still got a little bit left. Ian Anderson's another guy I'm not too big on. I don't think he has too many plus pitches. His fastball might be. Uh, Changeups. Okay. I don't know. I just see a, a lot of love for Ian Anderson um, that I don't agree with. And pitching in Atlanta, I know that's kind of a launching pad. Tristan Cassis or Casis or whoever, whatever his name is, last name. I like him. I like, you know what, Boston. Boston is not as bad as they look, I don't think. No, I agree. They're going to turn it fast. Yeah. They, 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 they looked pretty bad there last year, but they're, they're coming around. And I think uh, Casas is gonna, he's gonna hit a lot, uh, a lot of balls over that big green monster. And yeah. uh, uh, Ralph, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I like, 
uh, Cassis and Downs to go as Evers. I like that infield a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. But and uh, one more guy I'd get rid of is uh, a Arena from Tampa. Well, you I'm can't. so glad you said that. That was going to be my guy as well. I just think that one month in the playoffs is doesn't change the talent level, and he's risen up so many lists this offseason for that one month that it's it's not a career, it's a month. And in a yeah. short season, those kinds of things can happen. What a month, though. What a month. What a month. But I don't know. Um, and one more guy I'd probably get rid of, and I have. Uh, I think I got rid of him in two leagues, is uh, Justin Dominguez. Yeah. Um, I just don't see the next Mike Trout shaped like a refrigerator. Um, <laughs> I actually, I traded him, I traded him for, uh, for the second overall pick in uh, FYPD, and I got Austin Martin for him. And as a Jays fan, I'm kind of happy with that. Martin's closer to the show. Yeah. Um, Dominguez is still – like, I, I view Dominguez as, like, an Eric Pena, Edward Perez – Guys, I want to trade. You know what I mean? If I have them, that's something I bought kind of low in a draft. Uh, and I can trade. I could package those three guys for something really, really, really good like I did years ago, right, in those trades yep. that you mentioned. Yep. No, so that's kind of that, – that's going back to strategies. I think uh, a Dominguez and a, and a Hedbert Perez and, uh, and an Eric Pena, guys that we don't know anything about, but everybody's – high on right and if you could find the right if you could find the right team that's rebuilding and has uh has a a decent younger stud a 26 year old who's who's coming into their prime i definitely go for that so you mentioned a couple of guys that i actually have traded in kenny powers this winter um including anderson and i I think i traded actually jason before that but i had both those guys and and was able to use that kind of rising hype uh, to to get a lot out of them. I got a lot of juice for Ian Anderson. First of all, I got Blazovich back after parting with him earlier, and I got a number one pick and something else, I think. So, you know, you, you get into a position like that where a guy just really pops in off-season rankings, and sometimes you can get a haul. If you look back a year ago, Blazovich and Anderson were not that far apart in rankings. So, you know, Anderson makes his debut, Blazovich doesn't, and the world turns on Anderson and, and uh, cranks him up. It helped a lot. Oh, for sure. Stock markets, man. It's the stock That's markets. Right. That's right. I found your uh, Kopech trade, by the way, so let's just quickly recap the Kopech trade. This oh, was God. May of 2018. This, uh, is like, this is like, hang on, before you say it, this is like, you know, when, you're, uh, when you see, like, on uh, a talk show and they have an actor on and they're like, here, we found this footage of your first ever acting job. That's this. This feels like. I think this is the one you're talking about because it's Baltimore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You traded. Uh, it, some of these names are actually funny. You traded Darwin Barney. Nice. Sorry, you acquired Darwin Barney. I, I got that backwards. You acquired Barney, a catcher in Seattle called Mike Marjama, and Ooh. with Kopech, and you gave up Jalen Ortiz, AJ Puck, Jose Siri, Austin Beck, and Lazarito. So, obviously, none of those guys that Baltimore took in the return has done anything yet, partly because Puck is, uh, is still recovering. Doesn't he have two Tommy Johns now? He's at least one, but he got hurt again. I think it was different injury the second time. But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he, to me, Puck seems to be trending toward, you know, super Josh Hader reliever type 
And, yeah, uh, and, and he's really weird looking. <laughs> he's a really weird looking guy. He reminds me of uh, Sid the Sloth from Ice Age. Come on now. Well, I'll take, I'll take the uh, the hair, the, the flow that that guy has anytime. Oh, you love the hair. I love the hair. Now, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hurt your feelings a little bit, Mike. You traded Wander Franco a couple days before that. Wander Franco. I drafted him in the, uh, the startup of that. I did. Who did I and trade him to, Ryan? You traded him to, to Ryan, who was then the Dodgers. He's changed team names since. But you traded Franco, Jermaine Palacios, who's now out of the game. And I got his autograph. I got Palacios' autograph last year. Did you really? Uh, yeah, at the uh, Blue Jays Winterfest. Was it, no, it's Jermaine or Josh? I got this, one of them. This trade's Jermaine. Okay. And, and Ethan Hankins for Matt Manning. Oh, Matt Manning. He's a guy I don't own anywhere that I've acquired a few times, too. April 2018. Matt Manning, I don't know. I don't know. He's been on everybody's radar so long, he hasn't come up yet. Why? Yeah. Well, a little, little tweak in the elbow last year that slowed him down. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, let's, watched, do our, let's do our heading watched. from home uh, segment, Mike. And, and last uh, item for today, let's talk about post-hype sleepers you're targeting for this season, whether it's in a redraft league or in your dynasty leagues where you're getting somebody who's no longer on those rookie lists, prospect lists, but that you see getting a good shot at playing time and – outproducing their projections. So I, I have a couple favorites here. I love Clint Frazier. He's, uh, you know, he's way past prospect eligibility, but he's now the starting left fielder for the Yankees. Uh, who, who are your post-hype sleepers that you're going after? Um, well, one guy, Eric Cross always has this guy high. Um, and he's, he always holds on to this guy, holding him into his top 100 all the time. But uh, especially with um, – our boy Desmond taking the year off in Colorado. I like Garrett Hampson. Yeah. Um, I just think that he's got power and speed. The order in Colorado is not the greatest anymore. I see Blackman getting moved this year. Story might go. Uh, so Hampson's going to get a lot of playing time, I think. Um, and he could he could hit 25-25 and hit 270. He might score close to 100 runs in that in that uh, Mile High City. So he's a guy I, I'm targeting. Does he uh, end up starting in center field, or does it does it matter for fantasy purposes? I don't think it matters. He's got he has he's a double eligibility right now, second base outfield. Um, yeah, I don't think that really matters. He's I just think he's going to produce. He's got the steals like you were talking about before. If you need steals in a head to head, he's a guy you need to go for. Another one is um, Austin Hayes. Um, he's competing with Cedric Mullins right now, is what they're saying. But I think I think Hayes is the better the better outfielder, the better player in Baltimore. He's also got a little bit of speed, power, upside with uh, a good OPS. Um, he's a guy. He's the guy's going to get a lot of playing time if he gets the job, right? Yeah, I think Hayes really turned it up when he got to the show too. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. He made some. He makes some spectacular plays. I watch him a lot because uh, Toronto plays Baltimore so much up here. But yeah, he's a good ball player. I like to watch him for sure. And uh, I think he's a guy you got to go after if you're in. Uh, even Roto too. Both those guys are going to help you out long term. Yeah, definitely well, guys. Yeah. To 
Let me ask you about a, a Toronto ball player as well. What's the uh, outlook for Rowdy Telez getting playing time up there? There was just something going on there. On the, I have the TV on in the background, but it's no, no volume. I, I don't know yet. He, uh, apparently they're saying Vladdy's not playing third base at all, so I don't know. It's between him and Rowdy at first. Um, there's, I think they're going to split first in DH. Um, who else, though? We got a lot of guys, man. We got Semyon. We got Biggio. We got Jordan Groshans. Um, Austin Martin could come up. Uh, who else? We got Teoscar Hernandez, Lord Guriel, Jr. I don't uh, even know. Who. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, just it's okay. I've heard some people sort of uh, down on the um, the deflated ball. So does that? Do you think that hurts that lineup? I mean, they Biggio's not a big slugger, and he probably was a benefiting from the juice ball a little bit. So. Uh, do guys like that take a little bit of a knock from uh, the deflated ball? Well, I mean, deflated balls aren't going to change your, your getting on base, I don't think, with walks, because he's, he's ridiculous. For being that young and, and being able to get on base like he does, I think, I think the rest of the guys are going to pound him in, no matter what kind of ball they're using. I love Biggio for that. I've got Biggio's already as my starting third baseman in one league, so um, I'm mm-hmm. really ready for that uh that 2020 type of season from him at third. He's got a really, really squished head though. Long. (laughs) Okay. Let's go the opposite way. Who are you buying low? Can you still like, I I got Mackenzie Gore in a a trade that I loved at the time. Obviously Carlson changing uh, in the lineup with Arenado coming to town makes that trade a little different now, but uh, I don't think Gore once he debuts and shows that magic arm will be that affordable ever again. So um, who, who are your uh, Mackenzie Gore examples of guys you can buy low? Okay, I'm not going to take a prospect on this one. I'm going to say Justin Upton is a guy oh, I yeah. buy low. Uh, I was hoping he would have a year last year when I bought him low, but uh, he's another guy. You could buy him really low now. He didn't do anything. His batting average is terrible right now, but he's in a good lineup. Uh, Joey Votto. Nice. Um, I like Joey Votto, Canadian guy. I actually played with him in um, Hamilton when we were younger. But anyways, he if the DH does go to the National League, I think he's going to be he's going to be good. He's going to have nothing else to worry about. Just hit. Just hit the ball, Joe. And I think he's going to he's going to score a lot of runs. They got a good team. They do have a good team. That's going to come uh, around. Nice. What do they call that ballpark? Uh, Great American yeah, but they have a funny name for it. Balls oh. fly out of it anyways. Yeah, they do. Joey loves to take a walk. Yeah, he does. And he loves to chirp fans. So he's a guy. Um, Guriel came into camp a lot thinner. I don't know. I take a shot on uh, some of the arms that the Cubs have in the, in the minor leagues. As a throw-in for a trade like Corey Abbott, Justin Steele. Yeah. Two guys. Yeah. Um, i take a shot at them. They're both 25 years old. Um, I could see them coming up this year and, and helping your team out. Um, what's, the, uh, what's the read on Justin Steele? I know you've been in on Steele for a long time. Throws hard, hard lefty, and he throws gas. Um, he kind of reminds me of uh, almost like a, like a John Lester in his prime. 
with the delivery and the fastball. Uh, he's got a big curve. I could see him. I could see him. I could see him pitching this year. Corey Abbott. I know he's elite in uh, in all the the analytical spin ratios and all that stuff, but he could get in there too. Those are a couple uh, guys I'd take. I have a couple of shares of Abbott. I would love to see him get some time this year, get a shot at it. Uh, For sure. Another arm that you were in on way before me in our leagues is, is Ryan Weathers. Give, give, give us the Weathers. Ooh, the Weathers report, Mike. How's that? Give us the Weathers report. Well, the weather. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't see Ryan Weathers pitch until last season in the uh, in the postseason. Well, that's that's when he came up, obviously, right? But just I was watching his his delivery and the way the the way he let go of that ball was almost like it was the first baseman throwing it to the pitcher or to the hitter. And he throws hard. I really, I don't know. I like the kid, 20 years old. I don't know how much he's going to play now with all the signings in San Diego, but I just liked his, uh, I liked his delivery. He looked like it would be very, very, very hard to pick up his, uh, his 96 mile an hour fastball. And that's why I went out and got him. Like basically the day after I saw him throw a relief appearance. Um, I just think he's a guy that's that's going to come in and maybe strike out the side in relief if he gets a chance. So I don't know. He's a guy I like. He could start down the road. But I don't see him starting for a couple of years with that with that team the way it is now. Yeah, that team's loaded. Yeah, but I don't know. The delivery is just. I don't know if it's if there's chances to get hurt with it, but I liked it. He was a little chubby. I'd like to see him trim down a bit, but. <laughs> I mean, as trying to hit that, I don't. I just, I, it looks impossible to me. And the curveball. Oh yeah, big looper. Kershaw curveball, yeah. and a big fastball coming from first base. Like how are you supposed to? How are you supposed to stand in there, right? Yep. Love that. That's what I liked about him when I saw him. The other thing I love doing, Mike, on these kind of buy lows is. Um, I love it when a guy like Joe Adele has a disappointing debut and dynasty owners get down on a guy like that. Uh, I, I could see that happening to a guy like Jeter Downs, who's you know not a 300 hitter maybe and comes up in Boston and struggles a little bit at first, and you can get him cheap next winter the way you can get Joe Adele now. Because once Adele comes up and starts mashing and you know starts trending towards 40 homer seasons, you'll never be able to get him again, right? Uh, nope. So, I, I like making offers on guys like Joe Adele right now because people are down on him and, and he won't be this cheap ever again. Yeah, Mike Trout had the same thing. He, terrible debut and a lot of people got, got rid of him. Now look at him. Absolutely. And I think Odell, Adele is headed straight there. He's, you know, he's got 40 homer power and might chip in 10 stolen bases. That's a, that's a, going to be a, a tr- classic dynasty stalwart asset still young, still got a long road ahead, and people are down on him because he had a bad debut. Uh, I'm not worried yeah. about him at all. No, he's a super athlete. Adidas locked him up long-term, so they thought enough of him. So he's got sponsors. He's got sponsors. <laughs> he let them down. He let them down, but I, I think he's, uh, he's going to get a lot more sponsors before his career is over, for sure. Thanks so much, Mike, for spending time with us today, and uh, we'll look forward to the next episode in a few weeks. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Matt. I had fun. The Unranked is brought to you by FigureFilbert.com. Check us out for discounts, coupons, and special offers for your baseball season. 
from big league merchandise to your little league team at figurefilbert.com. That's it for episode two. Thanks so much for joining us. On our next episode, we'll be holding a roundtable with a group of Dynasty League owners who share several leagues, and we'll take a closer look at their approaches to trades, prospecting, and rebuilding. We'll see you next time on The Unranked.